Sit down, chill, and relax, because you're here with T.C. Mason, tuning in for another episode of Spiked Lemonade. Cheers! This is T.C. Mason, your health and happiness strategist, and you're tuning in to the Spiked Lemonade podcast, where we talk about everyday experiences and everyday things spiked with a slice of mental health, fitness, happiness, and whatever else we can fit in this here glass. Are you ready? I hope so. The lemon has been dropped, so let's get into it. You ain't never made a mistake in your life. You ain't never. You ain't never. You ain't never made a mistake in your life. You ain't never. You ain't never. You ain't never made a mistake in your life. You ain't never. You ain't never. You ain't never made a mistake in your life. You ain't never. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. I was in a shower one day and I just started singing. So you never made a mistake in your life. Never. Because I feel like people out here in these streets have lost their minds. Like they have this unrealistic idea and principles for people. You know, as long as it's not them, they don't have these same principles and uh, idealistic features for themselves. But as it concerns judging other people, they have them. It's like, oh, this person can never make a mistake. Oh, why did this person do that? Oh, this person did that. They're so stupid. And I'm like, what the what the what the what? What is happening? Where did humanity go how come human beings don't have the same amount of tolerance that they want others to have for themselves for other people and so I think about that quite a bit and with everything that is circling around on social media rather people who have been cheating uh, with their significant others and they've had this social platform of being relationship experts or their pastors or their uh, celebrities, or whatever the case is, uh, there is this idea of judgment of, they stupid, why would they do that? And then the bashing, and then the memes, and all of this stuff happens. And it had me thinking about just this idea of love. And what do we think of it? So when we see people giving relationship advice, when we see couples together, what do we think about it? You know, I know we want them to be perfect, but when they aren't perfect, what does that mean? Or where do we get it from? Whatever the case. So I started thinking about how love and how we make decisions, the decisions that we make when we're in romantic relationships, how they are... Pretty much, they kind of mirror decision-making with a person who's addicted to drugs, a person who has a substance abuse issue. So the love addiction and a person who has a substance abuse issue, um, they mirror the same feelings, right? So when you think about the love addiction, it has a more positive connotation. So it's like, eh, okay. If you're in love, woo, 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 woo. However, for a person who has a drug addiction or a substance abuse addiction, 
it's deemed more negatively. Um, it impacts lives. It's maladaptive, all that stuff. Um, but when you look into uh, the diagnosis and some of the characteristics of addiction, they both have the same things. You know, when you're in love, you have this euphoric experience. You're in love. You want to see the person all the time. You know, uh, you want to spend time. You're chasing after that high of how that person makes you feel. Same thing in drugs, right? With that first initial hit. I don't really know that much about personal <laughs> personal use of drugs, but I've counseled many who have used. Um, but there are some typical things that you experience when you are using drugs right so it's that chase of that first high it's an escape from whatever it is you're feeling it feels good right um, because it feels good you want to do it more often same thing in terms of when you are with whoever you're with that romantic connection because it feels good and they make you feel good you want to be with them more often right what happens when you Stop seeing that person or something happens and uh, you don't get to see them or you don't get to spend time. You experience withdrawals, right? You experience an unpleasant sensation and you have to kind of like learn to live without that person or experience that person. Same thing with drugs. When you stop them and you've been doing them for a long time, you experience withdrawals, right? So, I mean, it's a parallel the difference is there is a more of a negative connotation with substance abuse than with love. Though love can exhibit the same detrimental, maladaptive behaviors that using drugs can. How many people do you know that after a significant relationship, they have uh, stopped eating? They have lost interest in activities? have become depressed, uh, they have become uh, physically sick, they don't go into work, um, it affects how they parent their children, it affects their relationship with their friends, their family. Doesn't it sound like the same kind of things that happen <laughs> with people who have substance abuse issues? They're both addictions. That's just what it is, you know? Um, and... I bring that up to say, maybe if we looked at love as an addiction or something that can morph into different behaviors, maybe that would help us to have more compassion and more understanding for when we see people who do things that really may not make the most sense to us. Check it, check it, check it. Think about this. On one occasion, I saw this guy when we were driving up, um, I think it was like Oxen Hill, around that area um, in Maryland. I saw this guy who was on the corner, butterball naked with Timberlands on, okay? Butterball. And he was just chilling as if he was full body, fully clothed. He was just chilling. And we drive by and he just doing his thing, Okay. So that's happened, and normally when you see that type of behavior, just like, oh, man, that man lunching, he on drugs or whatever. That's why he out there doing whatever he doing, right? All right, check this. How about your friend, your family member, your sister, your brother? They're in love. 
But you also notice that uh, uh, when they don't hear from their mate, the person they are pursuing or with, when they don't hear from them, they are doing pop-ups. Just showing up out the blue, right? Showing up out the blue, didn't call, nothing, just pop up. Or they are what I like to call just stalking. And not like creeping out of the bushes stalking, but they looking at all the social media. Did this person post? Did they comment? Are they liking this picture? Are they doing that? Right? Does that make sense for you to be that, you know, stalking? It doesn't make sense, right? But what do you say? Do you say, oh, that person is, you know, they a little, they touched by the little addiction right now. Do you say that? They just touch by love. That's why they do that. It's almost like love is a acceptable, acceptable justification for people to act one way or the other. When both behaviors are like, oh, okay, well, what's going on there, right? So I would like to have that type of discussion and understanding and just dialogue about you exhibiting the same behaviors or a person exhibiting the same behaviors as someone who is abusing a substance. It's the same mirroring behaviors. It's just that we have more compassion for one than the other because one is more socially acceptable than the other. And so I hear these stories on social media. I see these things on Facebook and, you know, why is this woman staying with him? He just going to do it again. Why he take him back or whatever. In my mind, I'm like, uh, you don't know where this person is in the pattern of this love cycle of this addiction. You don't know where they are. And there are certain things that go on behind closed doors that we'll never know. And I'm like, why is there so much time and judgment on these people? When don't you got stuff to do in your own life? Like, I don't even have the time. I don't even have the bandwidth to be so consumed about what this person is doing, if they're going to take back their wife, if he's going to take back his wife, you know, that's their business. But what I will say, what I will say is this, is that I have just compassion because I've been there, been there, done that, did some things that didn't make sense. Let me tell you, let me tell you about this one time now. <laughs> um, I was so young uh, in college. And this was my first uh, boyfriend, my first serious boyfriend in college. And we were together for about two years before we broke up. And even during that time, you know, I had people saying, oh, he wasn't the best fit or what have you. But when people are saying all of these things, they don't understand, or maybe they do, but you feel like they don't understand the euphoric nature that you feel when you're with this person that creates this attachment like, I got to have him. I have to be around him. So there's some things that happen in the brain 
when you are romantically involved. And there are some things that happen in the brain when you're using drugs. And they mirror the same thing. They do. Anywho. So it's with this guy. We broke up. Okay. We broke up. He broke up with me, guys. But anywho. <laughs> so we broke up. But when I tell you I never experienced the amount of heartbreak, the amount of withdrawals, the relapse, and I'm talking about a relapse. You know, there's relapses that happen in drug addiction, but there are also relapses that happen in love addiction as well. So it could be various stimuli that could just take your mind there and trigger you to that place where, oh my gosh, I need to have him. Same thing with alcoholism and other substance abuse. They're triggers. Those are the things that they tell you to prepare for. But I don't know if they have, if they tell you about love addiction and the triggers that come with love addiction. A, a, a song that could take you all the way back. You know, uh, you sing a certain building and all of that. I remember when I fir- when we first broke up. Uh, his name, uh, <laughs> I don't even really want to say his name, but I'm going to say it. We cool now. Um, his name is Joshua and I was so deeply involved in church at the time that I did not want to, when the preacher, when the preacher would say to turn to Joshua, I'm like, uh, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> All because my first Real love boyfriend, his name was Joshua. I was like, I want no parts of that because when I think about Joshua, <laughs> and I didn't want to be like that in service, right? So yeah, but those triggers they happen, and so and relapse happen, right? Uh, and relapses, those relapses. Uh, I think I broke up with him. Well, we broke up, but they continued to happen for six years. Like six whole years triggered six whole years, right? And that was only a two year relationship. So imagine, imagine these people who are married, have children, um, have intertwined their lives so that it's a little, it may be a bit more complex. And guess what? It's not my job. It's not your job or the world's job to just uh, sort this stuff out. It's their job. But I just wonder about the compassion in human beings. Like, that's a big thing of mine. I just wonder. I'm like, I don't know anybody's situation. And I don't want to be the one to speak on it. Because I know that I've had relapses from being in romantic relationships. Or I've done some things that did not make sense at all. Like, at all. Like, like one plus one don't equal, it don't equal six, but it feels like it equals six to me. So I'm going to roll with it. <laughs> like, that type of stuff. So I just... Maybe that's a conversation you can have with some of your friends and family and get their take on what does compassion look like? And did you know, did you know that some of these addictions that we have, romance addictions, substance abuse, they kind of like have the same type of things. The rewards, the consequences, the stimuli, all of that, same thing. So when somebody is criticizing someone else, 
and you see somebody who's in a romantic relationship making some decisions that you like, man, like, why you keep doing that? Give them some grace. Give them some grace. Look at them in a way of, I understand that you may be in a process here. And my job is to see how I can support you during this process. I may not understand it all, but what I do understand is love addiction and substance abuse carry some of the same characteristics and the same things of, of, of trying to sort things out. And uh, a little caveat. Everybody who experiences love, everybody who has partaken of a substance, does not deal or consume it in the same way. So just because I experienced uh, first-time love for two years and then had some relapses for six years doesn't mean that's everybody's story. There are some people who can drop a person or can break up and just be like, I'm done and I'm good. And they 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 off with it. They don't experience all of the same emotions or the universal pattern of addiction. Not everybody does it that way or experience it, experiences it the same. So it's not a one shoe fits all situation. Just like the same people who have experienced uh, substance abuse addiction, how they quit, how they maneuver, how they cope. There are different strokes for different folks. There are different patterns. They have a different way of managing, and that's okay. But it's about respecting everyone's way and not thinking that your way is the way for everyone else. That's the piece there. That's the compassion piece. It's like, oh, I see these people, they're going through the motions they have in their situations. Things are not going the way that they want or whatever the case is. But for me, the outside looking in, that's their process. And all I can do is respect their process, do what I can to give what I can, say what I can say to help and leave it at that. That's all you can do. So that's the compassion piece. So don't you ever, 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 ever. Say you ain't never made a mistake in your life. Ever. You hear me? Ever. Thanks for listening. This concludes another episode of the Spike Lemonade Podcast with your girl, health and happiness strategist, T.C. Mason. Join in on the conversation and don't miss another episode. Subscribe to this podcast, share it with your friends, and leave a review. And if you really want to get in on the Spike Lemonade conversations, suggest some topics, some guests, even a situation of the day. And you can email us at lemondrop at spikedlemonade.live. Again, we want to hear from you. Email us at lemondrop at spikedlemonade.live. Catch you next episode. Peace and lemons.